Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Atop the Big 12 no more is Kansas State as the Wildcats squander a three-score lead and fall to the TCU Horned Frogs 38-28, the final from Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. TCU remains perfect on the year, now 7-0 overall, 4-0 in conference play. K-State falling to 5-2 on the year and 3-1 in Big 12 tilts. This is the College and Kimball Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Burkhart. I cannot recall a more volatile roller coaster ride of a football game than the one that I witnessed this past Saturday. It truly did run the gamut as far as emotions go. You had moments in that game where you were anxious, thrilled, elated, discouraged, frustrated, furious. It, it had it all. And it, it sucks. This this team, this coaching staff absolutely knows that it let one get away. They came out and confronted the media after the game and acknowledged as much. And I only bring that up to highlight the point here that I am not coming to you getting ready to tout any sort of moral victory stance. That's, that's not at all what this show is going to be about. I'm always trying to be transparent with our listeners and my wife, my family, my close friends will all tell you I'm far from a sunshine pumper, but I do feel it's imperative for me to, to come on here though and, and talk about it in this context because seeing the toxicity boil over on message boards, on Twitter, on Facebook fan pages, and every forum in between, it it was a little absurd after this game on Saturday. And I, I always find it comical that there are fans out there who feel the need to deride other fans for simply trying to find some sort of positivity after a loss uh, and, and, and that could be nothing more than just saying, listen, it sucks that this one got away from this team. They had a good opportunity to win. They let it get away. We got to put it behind us. We have to accept it and we got to move forward. I, I don't think that there is anything wrong with that type of approach. Frankly, that's at least in my mind, the healthiest attitude that you sh- should and could have as it relates to managing defeat. Uh, I I hate, genuinely hate people who go trigger finger turn to Twitter finger after a loss and start calling for people to lose jobs, for scholarships to be pulled. Guys, just grow the hell up. It, it sucks. This team feels this loss thousand times more. Than, than you do while sitting on your couch at home or if you were in the stands at Fort Worth this past Saturday. That defeat hurts them so much more than it hurts us. And, and I'm just grateful that the people running this program know how to manage our players, know how to help them move on in a healthy and constructive way because the fans who are out there advocating for Chris Tennant's scholarship to get pulled because he missed a couple of field goals. The people that are demanding that 
the trainers all be let go because of the injuries that piled up throughout the course of this game. The the people who are pissing and moaning in the three page now now three page thread demanding that Colin Klein be fired after coordinating just his eighth game. Like guys, just grow the hell up. This this one got away from us. There's nothing more that we can do about it as fans other than more Monday morning quarterback it and move on. And I'm going to try and be, again, as transparent and as honest with you guys as I possibly can in this episode. So if, if you were downloading this or streaming this, hoping that I would be coming on here and pissing and moaning about the coaching staff and everybody in between, that's not what I'm here to do. So if you're going to stick with me after that, I appreciate it. So with all that being said, I got the disclaimer out of the way here. Let's go ahead and dive into this game. And it's going to be tough to unpack this one because of the unique circumstances that happen to manifest throughout the course of the game, be it injuries to personnel at key junctures, be it play calling, decision making, what have you. I'm going to try my best here to, to keep this in as linear a path as I possibly can. We'll, we'll all start off, I think, where everybody's mind is going first and foremost, which is Adrian Martinez. Starts the game as expected, rips off the 20-yard run on the first play from scrimmage. We're all feeling good about life. And that drive, though, unfortunately ends up stalling out, as we know. K-State punts the ball away. TCU right down the field to score a touchdown to go up 7 to nothing. And then it's Will Howard coming in at quarterback on that next series. It comes out later on in the evening that it was the training staff, after consulting Martinez, who made the decision then to to exit the game, and the trainers were the ones who, who made that call. I, I'm no medical professional here. I, I, too, like you, Kansas State fan, was a little perplexed by the fact that he was on the sidelines throughout the course of the game, had the helmet on. I, I don't know if that's a little bit of gamesmanship there by Coach Kleiman with potentially the threat that he might come back in at some point during the contest. I don't know what that's about, to be honest with you. Uh, as far as the decision for him to to sit uh, the remainder of the game after that playing that first series, I, I would much rather have Adrian Martinez as healthy as he possibly can be for whatever amount of games he is physically capable of playing the rest of the way for this squad than jeopardize it and throw him into the game knowing that you could potentially lose him for the rest of the year if he happens to re-aggravate something in just the wrong way. So that's my stance on it. And, and, and as I move to the next point with Will Howard coming in, I'll say this much as far as practicing is concerned. The way that Will Howard came in and conducted himself and directed this offense, he looked like a quarterback who had been taken a fair amount of reps in practice with the first team. I have no inside knowledge there. I, 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 w I was just amazed and I marveled at, at the precision of his passes, the confidence he displayed, and also just his poise as well, going on the road against the top 10 team in a night environment and, and, and dropping in the dimes that he did. Will Howard was marvelous, nothing short of marvelous. And, and again, if you're a K-State fan who, who wants to harp on Will Howard for the, the one interception he threw on what was the Wildcats' final possession of the game after they were down by 10 points. I, I mean, fine, go ahead and complain again for the sake of complaining, but I, I can't ignore 
the rest of his production in this contest. He, he was sensational uh, coming in on that first drive, directing a touchdown drive uh, on a nice ball to Cade Warner. Uh, nice in the sense that it resulted in a TD, uh, a little bit of sports karma there. Just thinking back to the Iowa State game a couple weeks ago with Malik getting that touchdown taken away from him after the defensive back popped the ball out just before he crossed into the end zone. And then this week you have a jump ball that should have likely been intercepted, but Cade Warner fights off the defensive back and, and rips it away right at the goal line to go into the end zone for a touchdown. Again, what goes around comes around in sports, and that was great individual effort on the part of Cade, and it was good to see him make some contributions in the passing game. And, and this was the first of four consecutive touchdown drives directed by Will Howard. Again, spreading the ball around to different targets. Six guys in all made a reception during the course of this game. You saw Deuce Vaughn get loose for a touchdown run uh, later on in the first half. 47-yard uh, scamper there. I don't know, again, uh, another area that I'll touch on here as far as Deuce's status goes. Seemed like he had a little bit of difficulty getting from third to fourth gear on that run because once Deuce typically breaks into the open field, you can forget about it. And it was a little surprising to see a TCU defensive back come and chase him down and, and tackle him as he's going into the end zone. He ultimately gets across the goal line and gets the touchdown. But like I said, I, I don't know if Deuce is 100%. He was obviously good enough to go in this game for Kansas State. He did have to come out for a time, but did ultimately end up coming back in the contest for the Wildcats. But he, he was sorely missed on, on the drive that he did uh, exit for Kansas State. So that's where I'll come to next. And I think this is probably, as far as the offense goes, the, the most pivotal point in the game after K-State's defense is really bowed up. They turn TCU over on downs near midfield. So K-State's got the ball with a little bit more than five minutes left in the second quarter. And they have just been slicing and dicing this TCU defense. We touched on it during our preview episode. TCU, one of the worst defenses as far as preventing explosive plays in the pass game. They were 127th out of 131 FBS teams in that metric. And K-State took advantage. Will Howard as I said, was dropping in dimes. And this was not just little nickel dimers. These were deep shots down the middle of the field, the skinny post to Malik Knowles, the the fade route to, to Cade Warner, the wheel to Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddens. Again, everybody making contributions. And these were vertical shots. These were not just little short underneath throws that you would have felt comfortable with the backup making. And that, I think that's another element to, to mention here. It was nice to see Colin Klein and trust Will to go out and execute this offense in its full capacity. I think he did a great job of engendering that confidence in Will Howard. And that's why we saw him perform as well as he did against this TCU defense. But this particular moment in time after K-State has the ball up by 18 points with 519 to go, the offense goes conservative. And I understand why when you think about a couple of different elements there with the botched exchange earlier in the game. It did not result in a lost fumble, but you had the exchange between Giddens and Will Howard that got popped out. And fortunately, K-State was able to get back on that fumble. Deuce Vaughn has left the game at this point in time, so you don't have him for this particular series. I think the offensive minds are likely saying, hey, we're up by 18. There's not a whole lot of time left. Let's at worst just try to 
milk this clock as much as we can and not give TCU too much time uh, to get down the field. Unfortunately, the conservative play calling does come back to bite Kansas State here as they end up going three and out following a short flare pass to Malik that gets tackled for no gain. A couple of quarterback runs by Howard. Cats punt the ball back to TCU, give them the rock with three minutes and change left. And TCU goes 91 yards in pretty much all of that three minutes to draw to within 28 to 17. Again, I understand the decision to to, to throttle down in that instance uh, simply by virtue of trying to bleed the clock and get to the locker room with that three-score lead. But in the same breath, I think TCU was so stunned at that point that if you kept forcing the issue down the field, you would have likely been able to reap the benefit there. And I, I, again, Monday morning quarterback here, obviously that was a very vital possession in the grand scheme of how this game ended up unfolding. I would have just liked to have seen the offense continue to push it. And I remember thinking back to the Oklahoma game when the Sooners had drawn this one to within 21 to 17 and K-State got the ball right before the end of the first half. I, I was just assuming that the approach there would be, hey, let's try and just get a first down or so, milk this clock. And that wasn't what we saw the offense do. And, and maybe that was Colin Klein feeling like, okay, we, we've reeled off four consecutive touchdowns here. We're playing with house money. But in the same breath, you're playing with house, house money, you know? So I would have liked to have seen them push the tempo a little bit more there and try to get the ball down the field. Uh, that's not ultimately what ends up happening, and it does end up biting the Cats as they, they end up giving up a touchdown on the next possession. TCU draws to within 11 going into the locker room, and then they get the ball coming out of half and take up almost seven minutes of clock and get a touchdown to draw to within 28-24. So that, that was such a, again, critical juncture of the game in which the ball was out of Will Howard's hands and not having Deuce Vaughn obviously hurt in that instance, but you got to move forward. And I will say in that moment though, when Will Howard does finally get a chance to, to get back on the field with the lead now cut from 28 to 10, all the way down now to 28 to 24, he directs a nice drive. You get a nice run from Deuce Vaughn to start things off And the Wildcats get into TCU territory, knocking on the door of the red zone. They get a first and 10 down at the 34. And a couple of uh, a run by DJ Giddens gets K-State down to the uh, inside the 30. And the Wildcats, unfortunately, on a design quarterback run by Will Howard on a third down and six, he gets tackled short of the yard marker to gain. Insult to injury there when Caleb Fox, the defensive lineman, rolls up on him and and the shoulder hits the turf pretty hard there for Howard. He has to exit the game again at a a key juncture where the Wildcats clinging to a 28-24 lead are likely in a position there if Howard does not get hurt. I, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that Collins like, okay, let's throttle up. Let's try and get this, keep the momentum going get this ball down the field into the end zone and make this 35-24. Unfortunately, you have to throw, you're confronted with the proposition of, do we want to throw Jake Rubley in here and try and get two yards, or do we want to take the points? And they make the decision to kick the field goal, a 43-yard attempt from Chris Tennant that sails wide to the right, just barely missing there, unfortunately. And 
I, I understand the logic there. A, a, again, I think you absolutely take the points there. Uh, you need to, at that point, you're kind of in a position where I, I think you need to stop the bleeding. You've, you've taken on water. It's your, your lead has all but evaporated. It's gone from 18 points. It's down to four. Try and push it out to a touchdown with that field goal. I totally under, understand the decision there. And it's just one of those predicaments where unfortunately your kicker can't come through for you. And, and this is where TCU truly does smell blood in the water. They go in very short order and get down the field and score to make this game 31 to 28. That third consecutive touchdown drive by the Frogs eating up 74 yards in just four plays. It takes a minute 25 off the clock. So all of a sudden this game just truly in the blink of an eye has gone from one in which the Wildcats were firmly in control to a game now that TCU has all of the momentum in the world. And, and like I said, this this game was defined by by moments and moments in which you were shorthanded. Uh, I, I can't, we'll get to the defense here momentarily, but the offense at this point now that Will Howard has been injured, your possession after the lead has been surrendered, you're throwing a freshman quarterback out there and Jake Rubley, this is no indictment on him. He just wasn't ready for the stage. And I, I dare say there are very few freshmen that are in that in that scenario. Going on the road against a top 10 team at night that's reeled off three consecutive touchdowns, has the lead, has every ounce of momentum, and that stadium is juiced up and, and smelling blood in the water. As I said, that that's a tough spot. That's a tough spot for seasoned Big 12 quarterbacks to go and deliver much less a freshman that has no experience in any Big 12 games. And this this is where the game really does get away from Kansas State on this series and then the one to follow where Rubley is your quarterback. And like I said, if you want to blame offensive coaches here, fine, do whatever you want. I, I will say the, the, the second down and 10 play call here when it's 31 to 28 to throw a – ball from the near or from the near sideline all the way on the opposite side of the field to your shortest wide receiver is probably not the throw to make and that's why we see TCU's secondary which has plenty of ball hawks in there make a play and get an interception and, and get them a short field now it looks like at this point the TCU is going to just grab this game by the scruff of the neck and run away with it but the defense for as long as it's been on the field here and for as short-handed as it's been at this point you've you've lost Daniel Green for for a majority of the contest at linebacker you've been rolling out Nick Allen and, and Gavin Forche Josh Hayes has been lost in the secondary for periods in time Julius Brents has been coming in and out of the lineup it's it's just not great. And, and Brent's the, the possession prior when, when TCU did take the lead, he was the one who comes up lame and trying to cover Quentin Johnston. Again, it, it, they were put in a tough spot here, but they do actually deliver a stop on downs to get the ball back to the offense. But again, you're, you're simply hamstrung by the fret, the fact that you have a freshman quarterback out there and, and there's not a lot that you can confidently call and expect him to go out and execute. Again, if you're, an insanely irrational fan who just assumes that the third team quarterback's going to be able to go in there and you're not going to experience any sort of drop off in performance and, and, and the amount of experience that Will Howard and Adrian Martinez have, have accrued has no bearing on anything. And, and that Jake Rubley should be able to just go in there and direct this offense right down the field. Like I said, that's that, that was a big ask. And, and unfortunately this ensuing possession with it being 31 to 28 K state's defense bows up and gets a stop on downs. 
the, this is where the game really is lost when when the Wildcats go four and out, turn it over on downs. Uh, again, a little surprised by the play call on your own 30-yard line there because at this point, I think K-State's coaches have tensed up a little bit. I think they, they've seen the lead evaporate now. And at this point, there's there's still 13 minutes and 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. You could have absolutely punted that ball away and said, hey, let's let's give our defense, if anything, let's give our defense a a little bit of a little bit more field here to negotiate with instead of putting them in another precarious spot. And unfortunately that's what's in what ends up happening is TCU's line gets penetration and stuffs Rubley on the QB sneak on fourth and one. They get the ball on KSU's 30 yard line and four plays 30 yards later. It's it's um, Kendra Miller who ends up running in from nine yards out to give TCU a 38 to 28 lead. And this is where the game, uh, unfortunately, is pretty well cooked for Kansas State. We do see Will Howard come back into the contest, and he delivers a nice ball to Phillip Brooks on a fourth down play early on in that drive, gets K-State down the field, just misses Cade Warner on a third down and nine uh, from the Wildcats' 22-yard line. Would have been a touchdown in the, uh, in the back of the end zone and, and just beyond the outstretched fingertips of Cade Warner. That would have made the score 38-35. to and at that point, you might have had an opportunity. You you might have had a chance. If your defense does get one more stop, you might have had a chance to come back and potentially steal this one and walk out of Fort Worth with a win. But unfortunately, the coaches, again, make a, a somewhat surprising decision after earlier in that same drive when it's 38-28. to 28, And as I said, K-State gets stuffed on its first couple of plays and, and is looking at a fourth down and 13 from its own 41 yard line and says, let's pull the trigger and they go for it. And, the, and, and again, credit to Howard for standing in, making a tough throw to Phillip Brooks for 22 yards to get K state down to the TCU 37. That was a great delivery. And, and I obviously in hindsight, it's easy to say you should have gone for it on fourth down and nine from the TCU 22. Um, when you know that uh, knowing that the end result was a missed 40 yard field goal by Chris Tennant. But again, I, I just knowing that he had missed one earlier in the game and knowing that he's had issues with accuracy throughout the season, I, I just didn't feel great about that decision to, to try and get this game, just take that, that field goal to get this game down to one score. I, I didn't really understand the decision there. I, I know again, you're still probably, from the coach's perspective, just thinking about trying to stop the bleeding, but ultimately that missed field goal loomed. That was the final nail in the coffin for Kansas State. TCU eats up four minutes on its next drive, ends up punting the ball back to the Wildcats, and then Will Howard gets picked by Trevious Hodges Tomlinson on what ultimately ends up being K-State's last possession of the game. Credit to the two-time All-Big 12 defensive back for making a, a, a big play on, a, on the ball there. And that's that's what ultimately ends up finishing this game off. So let's go ahead and talk grades. It's really hard to assign any grade for this offense just by virtue of how it performed half-to-half. I, I can't dismiss the fact that it had four consecutive touchdown drives in the first half and built that 28 to 10 lead. I also can't ignore the second half production, which was a drive drives resulting in missed field goal interception 
turnover on downs, missed field goal, interception. If you're purely looking at the box score, you see 390 yards of total offense on 53 snaps. That's good for 7.4 per play. You obviously take that if you're a K-State fan. The the problem here, in my mind, was only generating 158 yards on the ground, which, again, that number looks good on, on the surface. But, but when you take into account, if you eliminate, rather, the 47-yard run by Deuce Vaughn and the 19-yard run by Martinez to start things off, that only leaves you with 92 yards on just 28 carries. That's only 3.3 yards per carry on the other 28 rush attempts. That, that's not going to get it done for K-State. If you take those two chunk plays out of the equation for this Wildcat offensive attack, you, we know the recipe for success for this team is complementary football, possessing the football, sustained success on the ground. And, and frankly, that was an area I thought K-State's offense would be able to exploit in this game. TCU's opponent rush success rate was better than 44%. They were 77th nationally in that metric. I thought the Wildcats would be able to run it a little bit more reliably and stay ahead of the sticks. And that didn't really end up materializing. And the, and the even more perplexing thing there is that TCU only had three TFLs in this game. It wasn't as if the Wildcats were getting horribly off schedule at, at any point. Again, this game just, it swung so quickly and so violently with the the the, the brunt of the workload needing to be shouldered by a freshman quarterback when the lights were brightest and the stage was biggest. And unfortunately, Jake Rubley was just not ready for that moment. That's no indictment on him, nor is it an indictment on Colin Klein. It's just, you, you can't honestly expect him to come in and to come in cold and, and deliver in, in that scenario. At least I, I maybe again, I, I have a different set of expectations, but I, I just try to be reasonable and I, I, I entrust our coordinator's judgment in that scenario because I, I don't want them to say, okay, well, we're going to call this game like you're Adrian Martinez or you're Will Howard, and we want you to hit Phillip Brooks on this 15-yard comeback to the far sideline, or we want you to throw this fade to Cade Warner running down the near boundary or whatever the case may be. It, it's, it's a tough ask for a kid that had no Big 12 experience and has only really played a handful of snaps this season against a one double a team in mop-up duty. It's, it just wasn't there. And as far as how I grade this unit, like I said, I, I, I weigh the second half woes a little bit more heavily perhaps than I possibly should, but it's obviously where this game swung was the inability of the offense to, to produce points in the second half. And unfortunately two of those five drives for Kansas state were led by your freshman quarterback, and that was at the point, too, where the, the lead had gone away from Kansas State, and TC was now uh, in the adv advantageous spot on the scoreboard. So it was unfortunate, but it's just the way that it ended up sorting out. I'll, I'll give the offense a C-plus uh, for the game. Like I said, I, I, I try to, to weigh Will Howard's performance and, and to commend him for, for throwing the ball and spinning it as well as he did, and I like seeing Deuce Vaughn getting himself right in this game, but... Um, just it, it's tough not to ignore that second half uh, that being said let's go ahead and look at the defensive side of the ball and, and, and again I feel the defense is great in this game is much more contingent on its inability to get any sort of rest uh, that's where I'll start first TCU possessed the ball for 38 plus minutes of game time 
and K-State's defense was on the field for better than 10 minutes each in the second, third, and fourth quarters. They just did not get any sort of break in this contest, and that loomed pretty large. You could you could just tell after they got that stop on downs and the Wildcats promptly turned it over on downs themselves with Jake Rubley directing that second drive of his, you, you could just tell that the dam was going to break. Unfortunately, that's what ended up happening. If I'm looking at the numbers, I, I see K-State giving up a total of 495 yards of total offense, which again, that doesn't look great, but that comes on 82 snaps. So it's only six yards of play for this TCU defense, which came into this game averaging 7.7 yards per play. So in that sense, you're pretty pleased with it. Uh, I talked about the time of possession element, obviously, and a lot of that comes to their desire and willingness to run the football. TCU committed to the bit. They ran it 56 times in this game for 215 yards. That's that's less than four yards a carry, 3.8 there. But in the same breath, K-State only had two tackles for loss outside of its four sacks of Duggan. K-State only had two TFLs. So they weren't getting the Horn Frogs off schedule at any point, And that's why TCU was as effective as it was on offense. They ran the ball with purpose. They stayed ahead of the sticks. They were 10 for 19 on third down including seven for 11 in the first half. Uh, that was really the only thing that kind of kept the frogs afloat was their ability to convert on third down in that first half to, to get those first couple of scoring drives. But uh, it, it was tough for K-State's defense to just get off the field in this game. And that's what they, they were desperately needing to do, desperately trying to do there. I, I liked the, the play that we saw out of the guys up front, I, I didn't think the pass rush would be much of a factor, but as I alluded to a little bit earlier, they ended up generating four sacks. They got TCU off schedule enough in this game. Uh, they turned them over on downs a couple of times. You got a couple of punts in that first half. Uh, as far as the script of this game goes, I think as a K-State fan, you probably are pretty happy with the way that things played out, uh, at least to the point when it was 31 to 28. Uh, again, I'm not obviously happy that at that point the defense has given up three consecutive touchdown drives, but in the same breath, this TCU offense is going to score. They're, they're just going to do that. They're the third highest scoring offense in the country. They're going to put up points and, and they can do it quickly. And, and they took advantage of the fact that K-State had a lot of second line guys in there at linebacker. Uh, that was a big reason why they were able to run the ball so efficiently in this ball game. Uh, that's the reason why as well they took advantage of Brents being a little hobbled in the secondary. That go-ahead touchdown pass to Quentin Johnston was one where Brents came up lame uh, trying to cover him running along the near sideline. TCU w was predatory. And when they smelled blood in the water, they went for the kill. And, and that's why TC was able to pull this one out. So I, I again, commend the guys for, for trying to trying to the best of their ability to, to, to stymie this attack. And, and frankly, had K-State helped them out a little bit on the offensive side of the ball in that third quarter. And, and if Will Howard is, is healthy the entirety of this game, this, this maybe plays out differently. But unfortunately, it doesn't end up working out that way. So I'll give the defense, again, a B-minus here, just simply by virtue of the fact that they, they were on the field for damn near two-thirds of the football game against the, the best offense in the Big 12. And they held their own. There aren't going to be many teams that, that keep this TCU offense clamped down. And they, they held their own uh, with a number of injuries, not just to 
to starters, but to all Big 12 caliber future NFL draft pick type guys. So I'll give Klanderman's group props, and I think a B- minus is a fair grade this week. Uh, as far as the specials are concerned, it's it's tough just to grade this on two kicks. But unfortunately, those plays obviously loom large in shaping the final score of this football game. And I don't really know what Tenet's issue is. He, he got decent enough elevation on both of those tries. And he is not so college kicker that when he steps out onto the field, you're worried that he's going to duck hook one 15 yards to the left or that he's going to push one way, way right. Again, he, he seems to have accuracy honed to a degree. And I think he's really just trying to finesse the ball inside the uprights. And, and, and I don't know who needs to talk to him or, or what needs to be done in terms of trying to correct his, his, his approach or, or whatever the case is, or if somebody needs to say, Hey man, just go in there and, and blast that thing. I don't know what necessarily needs to happen. And I wouldn't be totally discouraged by the coaches entertaining the idea of Zentner maybe trying a field goal or two here uh, coming down the home stretch. If, if they feel Tenet is the best option, again, far be it from me to to impugn that judgment, but I, I'm a little worried as we move forward here that the confidence factor is going to be the, the problem more than anything else. And... I certainly hope that Tennant continues to go out and strike it well in practice. And if he proves that he's the best option during the course of the week and gets the place kicking duties on Saturday, that's wonderful. You want him to bounce back. Uh, but I, I don't know if a change might be forthcoming at the kicking duty. Uh, as far as kicking duties are concerned, we'll, we'll obviously wait to see on that front. Uh, quickly, the remaining specialists I got to mention here, uh, Zentner did perfectly fine. Both of his, Punts were downed inside the 20. No issues with kick coverage in this football game for Kansas State. We actually saw the punt, or excuse me, the kick return unit deliver a nice return. Uh, Phillip Brooks advancing one out to the Wildcat 44-yard line uh, later in the second half after TCU had gone up 38-28, to really the first time since the Oklahoma game that we've seen the return game really provide any sort of contribution in terms of cutting the field in half. So that was a nice return there by Brooks. Uh, again, the remaining specialists all really did their jobs, did them admirably, uh, but those kicks loomed too large for me to, to give this a good grade. I'm going to say it's a D this week. I I, I got to be fair there. And, and again, when I know it sucks, but when that's when your job is a kicker to go out there and knock it through the uprights and, and you go over two, I can't just dismiss that. So we'll, we'll give them a D. Uh, certainly say that with the hope that Tennant, again, gets his mind right and, and moves forward beyond the misses and, and comes ready to play and compete for the remainder of the stretch. So lastly, as far as the coaching goes in this game, I, I, I'll say this up front. No beef with, with Klanderman's uh, group. Like I said, he, he perhaps more so than, than Klein was hamstrung. Uh, with injuries at, at key spots, losing Daniel Green very early, as I touched on, needing to throw in a lot of second-line linebackers. And, and guys in the secondary were getting nicked up. King Felix was in and out. He uh, And I think, again, his group in the aggregate did 
enough to give K-State an opportunity to win this football game. So I have no beef with the way that Klanderman's group played on Saturday. Uh, weren't too many issues in terms of tackling. Uh, you just would have liked to have seen them get off the field a few more times on third down uh, than they did. As far as the offense goes, though, this is really where I, I have some concerns more so than anything. Just the the decision making when Rubley is in throwing that calling that long pass on on second down that ends up getting intercepted and, and then also going for it on the fourth down on the next possession knowing that the game is truly teetering in the balance and 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 also an instance there where it looked like Will Howard was ready to come back in the game and you could have taken a timeout to get him situated as far as equipment goes and thrown back in there to do a sneak on a fourth and one but the coaches elected to to say hey Rubley go get it but TCU's defense rises up and penetrates the offensive line and blows that thing up so I, I again just some perplexing calls there when Rubley was in the ball game and, and as I said the decision to kick the second field goal knowing Rubley had missed from an, uh, the same spot earlier on I I just didn't get some of the decisions that the that the staff made I thought they just got tense that's that's what I read it as they just got tensed up when the lead evaporated and they they knew that they were shorthanded on both sides of the ball and and I think that they just didn't handle the moment particularly well uh, I think they'll they conceded as much in the post game and like I said that's that's no sort of me accepting or tolerating a defeat that's not them accepting or tolerating it I think that's it's a good learning opportunity for everybody and unfortunately uh, sometimes losing is what helps us move forward <laughs> I, uh, I again I hate saying that and I, I would have much rather this be, be talking to you guys about a win about this team being 4-0 in Big 12 play and getting ready to host Oklahoma State for homecoming and in a huge atmosphere and probably having college game day in town but it, it's just not in the cards unfortunately so I'll give overall coaching a C plus in this game so as we get set to wrap things up here, the question becomes, where does this team go as we get set to move forward? And that's a loaded question if ever there was one. I don't think that this is a a concern of this team dwelling on a loss and letting it carry over into the next week. Uh, we've clearly seen this group put losses behind them in short order. If you think about the the skunk of a game that the Tulane result was, and then the Wildcats going out there and, and putting up a Herculean effort and upsetting a top 10 ranked Oklahoma in Norman. I, I don't have many concerns on that front in terms of this team mentally moving forward and putting the TCU game behind them. I more so worry just about health and personnel. And uh, I say that somewhat encouraged by the fact that guys like Brents, Felix, and, and Hayes, and others who went out on defense throughout the course of the game on Saturday did ultimately end up getting back into the contest and, and were able to play and finish that one out. Uh, the, the worry, obviously, is with Daniel Green at that linebacker spot, and then on the flip side for the offense about Adrian Martinez and or Will Howard at quarterback. I, I don't know what to think about Adrian Martinez uh, and Will Howard deemed him, himself after the game uh, a day-to-day -day proposition moving forward. So what can this team accomplish if neither one of those two are available at quarterback and you have to turn things over to Jake Rubley? 
uh, that that becomes a little worrisome for me. I I, I don't I don't want to paint a uh, gloom and doom picture here, but that's just putting a lot on the shoulders of a freshman who doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of experience in Big 12 play. Um, I, I, I feel like the fact that Will Howard came out and finished that game, like I said, I, I, I feel confident enough about his status as we get set to move forward here. And uh, I think the performance that he gave us this past Saturday is one that he can build upon. If, if in fact he is the guy who gets the nod against Oklahoma state, be so weird for him, for me to think about him getting his third start against the pokes in, in his time here at K state. But that's, what's potentially on the table. If Adrian cannot go for a second straight week and will Howard gets the nod, this, this will be a team he started every year. He's been at K state. Uh, but it sucks that it's Mike Gundy. This is the last guy. Frankly, if I look at all the remaining opponents on K-State's schedule, Mike Gundy is the last guy I want to see here just because he is he's the dean of the Big 12 right now. And he has had Chris Kleiman's number. He's 3-0 against Kleiman. And, and frankly, not many of these games have felt all that competitive. The one, obviously, in 2020, K-State kind of let slip away. They were up uh, 12 to nothing at halftime in that game. And it got away from them in the second half. Uh, but different circumstances. Will Howard was a true freshman. COVID year, guys were dropping like flies and on that K-State defense. A lot of things to take into account. But um, I just have a lot of thoughts running around in my head. And, and, and hopefully the, the, the long and short of what I'll say here, Chris Kleiman has been forthcoming with injury information during his weekly presser. So hopefully... We get some good news on Tuesday that the guys who are dinged up are in a status of being able to manage those injuries with treatment, and they'll be in a position where they might be a little bit more limited in terms of snaps, but they'll be able to ultimately go and compete for Kansas State against Oklahoma State. And as far as what we're expecting this Saturday, you've got a 2.30 kick on what should be a beautiful fall Saturday afternoon. We've got a projected sellout crowd. All the tickets have been sold for this homecoming game against the Pokes. And you certainly hope that the fans bring it for this team that still, again, has everything in front of it. So let's let's not lose sight of that fact there that this team is still 3-1 and in Big 12 play and has two humongous conference tilts at home in these next couple of weeks with Oklahoma state and Texas coming to Manhattan. There's still a lot that can be accomplished. And I think this group can still go out and compete and can win football games. If it is Will Howard uh, at quarterback. And I think they can do it. Certainly if Adrian Martinez feels like he's in a position where he can go again. So I, I, I hate wrapping this thing up with so many things up in the air, but unfortunately that's just kind of the position that we're in here as fans. And, and there's only a handful of people that are really privy to that injury information. And like I said, hopefully we, we learn more on Tuesday. So fingers crossed that we get some good reports on guys who are nicked up against TCU. And I think that's as good a spot as any to, to go ahead and wrap this one up. I'll thank you guys again for listening to this, for the download and the stream on whatever your preferred app is. Follow us on Twitter at college underscore Kimball. We'll be back later on this week uh, previewing the Kansas State Oklahoma State game, obviously with myself and Justin Nutter, and hoping to have an interview lined up with a Oklahoma State podcast host. And I'll be able to bring that to you guys as well later on this week. So thanks again for the listen, guys. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up. By saying this, cats, man, if you know, you know. Come get a taste. <laughs>